Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast and Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. This is 1132B. The Bs are always great guests. The A's, the latest medical news of the week and what it means to you. A way back, we talked about the importance of hearing to longevity and to good brain functioning as you got older. Um, that was, I think, a specific study out of Hopkins, and we had the authors on, but we've had several other studies. And one of the bemoaning of the Hopkins author was that at that time, I think that was three or four years ago, uh, the FDA had not yet approved over-the-counter hearing aids. And so hearing aids were expensive, not covered by Medicare, and out of the range of he, as I remember, said over 70% of the people with hearing loss who were elderly. Well, the FDA has tried to help remedy that with over-the-counter hearing aids. And at the time, we also had the general manager of medicine for Apple um, who told us that Apple was working on something over-the-counter, and they thought over the long run they could get it down to less than $100 with the same quality and ability to make it work for you. That hasn't happened yet. We don't know what Apple is doing about it. But in the meantime, the FDA has approved over-the-counter hearing aids for being able to help people with hearing dysfunction. And today we have an expert from ASHA. Um, that is, and I will let her describe specifically what uh, the American Speech-Language Hearing Association, that's ASHA, does. But to find out more about her, um, her name is Lindsay Creed. She's the Associate Director of Audiology Practices for ASHA. That's the American Speech and Hearing Association. We'll let her tell you more about the specifics and what you need to know before you get an over-the-counter hearing aid. As usual, we are brought to you by Life's First Naturals, the makers of both True Biotics and Bovine Colostrum. You can go to their website, lifefirstnaturals.com, to see the randomized controlled trials they've done to show you the benefits in specific situations, such as if you're taking non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, whether that's ibuprofen or aspirin, in helping prevent gut issues from those and helping also prevent upper respiratory infections. That's lifesfirstnaturals.com. And of course, the other sponsor is our own website, greatagereboot.com, where you can learn more about longevity and all of the aspects of longevity, one of which that is really important is hearing. It's one of the 33 that have been shown to be really important for brain functioning as you get older. So I am really thrilled that Lindsay Creed has, has agreed to come on and will talk to us about what you need to know 
about over-the-counter hearing aids. So, Lindsay, how did you get involved in audiology or, and maybe you can define audiology for us as well. Sure. Well, thank you, Dr. Roizen, for uh, that wonderful introduction and for having me on to talk about this really important topic. I am an audiologist, and I also work for the American Speech-Language Hearing Association, which is a national membership and credentialing organization for audiologists as well as speech-language pathologists. And you mentioned my current role there as Associate Director of Audiology Practices. So audiologists are the experts in diagnosis and treatment of hearing and balance disorders um, and other ear and auditory-related disorders as well. Um, Hearing loss is is one of the most common things that we diagnose and treat, but there are other disorders and conditions as well. You mentioned that this is a really important time because over-the-counter hearing aids were um, the new regulatory class was just created and hearing health care is really an urgent public health issue. There are approximately 48 million Americans that have hearing loss in at least one ear and estimates range that only about 15 to 30 percent of the individuals that could benefit from hearing aids are actually wearing them. And so we need to do something about that. Um, And my role primarily at the American Speech-Language Hearing Association recently has been serving as the audiology over-the-counter hearing aid policy lead, so working to advocate on behalf of individuals with hearing loss as well as audiologists. We did a lot of work with sending recommendations to the FDA, providing guidance for what the -the over-the-counter hearing aids uh, might look like, what regulations they might have to comply with, and so We are excited that this time is finally here. You mentioned it's been several years in the making, and so we are excited to hopefully have a positive effect on the quality of life of millions of people. Now, you said, maybe I caught it wrong, that only 15% of those who could be helped by hearing aids actually have them now. Is that correct? Did I hear that right? That is correct. Estimates range between 15 and 30 percent. And so there are a number of barriers that have been cited for reasons why individuals don't pursue them. Cost is one of them. It's not it's not um, the only reason. There's lack of insurance coverage, a problem that we have in in this country as it relates to hearing loss treatment. Um, Some individuals just don't perceive their hearing loss to be bad enough. It's been a gradual decline, and they feel like they're they're getting by. Um, Some are in the gathering. My my wife would say I'm in that category. Um, Are you? But in any any case, um, the let's let's get. um, Do other countries have a greater percentage coverage or payment? for hearing aids? So, for example, does Great Britain or Canada or Mexico pay for hearing aids for their elderly? So you bring up a really interesting point. There are a number of countries um, that have different healthcare models than we do, obviously, like um, socialized medicine. And there was a recent study that compared um, hearing aid satisfaction and uptake in the U.S. compared to some of those other countries where they do have benefits and their hearing aids are paid for. And unfortunately, there was a slight improvement in that number of individuals that obtained hearing aids, but not as much as you might think or hope. Um, So there are still other reasons why people don't get hearing aids other than just 
costs, even when they are given them um, and and acknowledge the benefit that they receive from them, they still don't always continue to wear them. And so there's there's more work that needs to be done outside of over-the-counter hearing aids, but we're hoping it improves that number a little bit. Wow. I am uh, totally amazed by that. The price when my mother-in-law got hearing aids, I remember them being in the five to six thousand dollar range, and she had to go back to the audiologist numerous times to get them. Um, I guess you would call fine-tuned, tuned so that she could use them well. What happens with over-the-counter hearing aids? Who helps the patient? fine-tune them? Is it just a store clerk or is our audiologist involved in that as well? Sure. So I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a number of different service delivery models that play out. You're going to see some people that are really tech savvy that purchase the -the over-the-counter hearing aid, have no issues setting it up on their own, running the application to customize it through their cell phones and really have, have no issues. And while they could maybe benefit from going to an audiologist, they may may not follow up with anyone. There are going to be some stores where there's going to be some assistance from per, perhaps a store now, clerk. By the, by the but, way, let me just let me just stop for a second, just so we make it clear to people: the audiologist visit to diagnose hearing loss is usually covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and other insurance policies. It is the hearing aid itself after the diagnosis is made that is, isn't usually covered. Is that correct? Yep, that is correct. So that's why we would recommend that really anybody considering an over-the-counter hearing aid um, still go for that diagnostic hearing evaluation to find out um, what type of hearing loss you have, what degree of hearing loss, and if you are really a candidate for an over-the-counter hearing aid. Because like you said, that will be covered by insurance. And then you can figure out what type of device do you want to pursue over the counter or prescription. And some of that will get to your earlier point about how much support do you want from the audiologist, um, the expert in this area. And I don't think we're going to be removed from the equation. I think it's actually going to be quite the contrary because I expect a number of individuals that do get over the counter hearing aids are still going to want our support. Um, And so I expect a number of audiologists to work with those patients and provide them different tiered levels of support, whether it's just teaching them how to get them in their ear or whether it's doing some more intense um, auditory rehabilitation. So helping them really use the hearing aids to hear better and fine tune the settings. And that's an important point that you brought up, just getting them in the ear, have problems getting them in the ear because... Um, In other words, I just had, for example, um, rotator cuff surgery. And I know were I to have uh, hearing aids now, I don't now, but were I to have them, I would have a great deal of trouble getting it in my right ear on the same shoulder I had, uh, um, if you will, rotator cuff surgery. But some people have had strokes or some people have had limitations of motion of arm or leg, so they may need a different type of hearing aid. Is that right? Absolutely. So individuals with cognitive or dexterity issues may not be the most suitable candidates for over-the-counter hearing aids. They can certainly try them. 
making sure that whatever device they purchase or their family member purchases for them has a return policy, because this is not something that's been required by the FDA. So we want our um, consumers out there to be mindful of looking at the packaging to make sure that if they try it, they can return it if they're not satisfied. Um, there's no harm in trying it, but if they have difficulty and they can't get the support that they need from the manufacturer um, or somebody that's working in that store, then I would encourage them to see an audiologist and see what other options there might be um, that could help with limited the limited dexterity. And so to, to get that tuning that my mother-in-law got from her audiologist, that would be where you would go again if you had problems, back to your audiologist. But if you got over the counter, that would probably be, I assume, an extra charge. Yeah, so some of the -the over-the-counter hearing aids, the more sophisticated ones, are being sold with um, apps on the phone that can help approximate the individual's hearing levels, like a hearing screening built in, and and do some of the fine-tuning, and actually quite impressive technology. Um, But in order to do real ear measurements, which is what you may have experienced um, secondhand when you took your family member in, where they put the little microphone into the ear deeper than the hearing aid and really measure what is coming out and make adjustments so that all of the sounds are audible. That is taking it that extra level that only the audiologist can do. And the audiologist will, as with any medical professional, charge for their time and services. And that's not something that's typically covered by insurance, unfortunately. We are continuing to advocate for that, especially surrounding Medicare. And obviously, the importance of hearing is involved with the importance of socialization. You want to be able to hear what someone else is saying so you respond appropriately, as well as another huge set of aspects of um, life um, and response, whether it is a phone call or otherwise. Um, So tell me how the technology has changed. And and by the way, before I do the, before you answer that, I should t- tell people we're talking with Lindsay S. Creed, C-R-E-E-D, who's an audiologist currently working as the Associate Director of Audiology Practices at the American Speech-Language Hearing Association. That's abbreviated A-S-H-A. And her website, the website you can find out more about this, is in fact... Correct me on this, Lindsay, but I think it is ASHA.org. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. So tell us a little bit about how the technology is and has changed. I mean, almost everyone has a cell phone now, and I assume a lot of the technology goes through the apps on cell phones. Is that correct? Yes. The two biggest features that are, are new to the, somewhat new to the hearing aid industry are um, the Bluetooth to the cell phone, so allowing in, uh, individuals to hear phone calls and other media hands-free through their hearing aids. And then other advancements have really been in 
hearing and noise. This is the number one complaint of individuals with hearing loss. So hearing aids have been constantly trying to improve how well they can remove some of that background noise and help the wearer focus in on the person that they're trying to hear. So I would say connectivity, Bluetooth, and noise reduction have been the two areas of advancement that we've really been seeing manufacturers focus on. I want to say the thing, one of the things that I'm excited about with over-the-counter hearing aids are um, other possible um, benefits that we could see to the industry in that, you know, the technology all in all compared to other electronics has been somewhat stagnant and the prices haven't really come down over time. So I'm hoping that with this new category of devices and more players in the market that we actually see greater innovation and hopefully some price competition and see things get cheaper, even the prescription hearing aids. That would be desirable. We have been talking with Lindsay Creed of the ASHA.org, the American Speech Language Hearing Association, about over-the-counter hearing aids. Lindsay, what should one expect to pay for a audiologist, um, if you will, for a prescription hearing aid? And what should one expect to pay for a high-quality, over-the-counter hearing aid? Sure. So over-the-counter hearing aids, currently what we're seeing in the market is they're ranging from about $199, $200 a pair up to about $1,600 a pair most commonly around that $1,200, hovering around that $1,000 price point per pair for some of the better self-fitting ones that have apps on the cell phone. Prescription hearing aids, if the audiologist is not including their services in the price up front, you can see them as low as $1,600, $1,800 a pair. When we start talking about hearing aid prices that are above $4,000, they're almost absolutely including the service and the warranties um, from the audiologist and the manufacturer. So you want to be sure as a consumer, when you're considering all of your options, you really understand what you're getting for the prices that you're, you will be paying and ask the audiologist for a breakdown of what is included in this price. Because some patients that require a lot of follow-up and want to see their audiologist regularly may actually end up saving money in the long run. I know this seems counterintuitive, but if they go to an audiologist where all of their follow-up, perhaps for life or three to five years, is included in that original purchase price. So there's just a lot to consider. Different service delivery models may be different for different people and their needs and where they are in their life. I want to thank you very much for being both so frank, honest, and giving us such great information, Lindsay. It's ASHA.org for more information. And we've been talking with Lindsay Creed. And where do you practice, Lindsay? Are you in the Washington, D.C. area? We are based out of Rockville, Maryland. And the best way to get in touch with my team, if anyone has any questions, would be audiology at ASHA.org. So that's A-U-D-I-O-L-O-G-Y at ASHA, A-S-H-A dot org. And that is an email address that my team and I check multiple times a day. And so if there anybody has any consumer questions about what type of device might be best for them or, or what the first step is, I would encourage them to reach out.
Thank you very much. We, of course, are brought to you as usual. The bees are always great medical guests, like Lindsay has been and is. And the A's are always the latest medical news of the week and what it means to you. We're sponsored by Lice First Naturals, as well as Great Age Reboot and their Reboot Your Age app. Thanks again for listening. Tell your friends about us. Do rate us. You can always ask for different guests, guest subjects, whatever you want at info at greatagereboot.com or questions at greatagereboot.com. Thanks again. We'll be back next week. Thank you, Caitlin, for great engineering. And thank you, Lindsay, for being so knowledgeable. See you next week.